We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hi, get it. Welcome into the weekly podcast of the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mel Tucker's Inside Zone. Buffs coming off a of bye week, getting ready for... The home finale on Saturday with Washington coming to town. We'll talk more about that after a while. But, Mel, we're uh, honored to have a guy who a few years ago, boy, I, when I look back at when Nelson Spruce played here, it was uh, just, uh, what, four seasons ago. He was here as a senior for the Colorado Buffaloes in 2015, left here with virtually every receiving record in Colorado history. You would have liked this guy. He, he was uh, your, your kind of receiver, yeah. I tell you what, ever since I got here, everyone, they kept asking me, have you met Nelson Spruce yet? You know, and so I appreciate you coming on, man. You got the, like, you got the greatest name in CU Buff history, man. <laughs> Spruce. <laughs> I love it, man. Where, what are you doing right about now? Where are you? Um, so right now I'm out in Arizona currently. Um, I'm getting ready to start up this XFL. Um, so I'm out here doing a little training with my quarterback. Um, we're we're going to start up uh, mini camp in December in Las Vegas. So I'm just staying in shape, getting ready to kind of get into season mode right now. Nelson, it's been a, a little bit of an interesting ride for you since you left Colorado. I mean, you, you were a guy that, right. you know, you came here and were so durable over the course of your four years, and, and you've had to deal a little bit with the injury bug uh, since you got to pro ball, haven't you? Right. That was – 
Yeah, that was something that took an adjustment for me. Like high school, college, I never missed a game, never missed probably more than two practices at Colorado. And then um, I have a good OTAs, I have a good training camp my rookie year, and then my first NFL game, go down with a knee injury. And it wasn't it wasn't really necessarily that serious. It was a PCL, which was about a two-month recovery, but it was, um, you know, something that when I was working back from, the Rams kept me on the team. I ended up making the 53-man roster, which was awesome. I was supposed to get back, like, midway through the year. And right as I'm working back, I, I tore my calf. But I think it was a result of, you know, just what I'd gone through with my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came back for my second year, heard the calf again. So I just, I kind of just had one thing after another. None of them were that serious, um, but it was just like little things that would keep me out. And um, I kind of learned how to how to deal with that. And the, more of the mental part than anything, that was a tough part. Uh, Nelson, I've done a little research and, and uh, I've read that your your dad your dad was a bodybuilder. And uh, in yeah, an article, in an article, it says that you uh, you've taken a multivitamin every day since you've been in the womb. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he likes to say. I mean, he he grew up um, like you just said, bodybuilding. That was a long time ago, but now he's uh, he transitioned from that into kind of nutrition and makes supplements. So I've been tied into that world since I've before I've been born. As you read, but um, yeah, every day I can't miss it or I get in trouble. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Now, now that had to kind of uh, craft you a little bit in terms of because I remember when you played here from 2011 to 2015, you were a guy that really seemed to attend yourself physically all the time, which, which is something a lot of guys don't get until they get to the NFL. Then they start thinking about it, but but that was something that was instilled upon you early, right? And and it was just because I grew up in that world. My dad. Um, not only the nutrition, but he's also involved in kind of uh, like sports medicine, a lot of like prevention, corrective exercises. So that was something that for me, I mean, I'm not, I mean, you got to know, I'm not a freak athlete by any means. I'm in the receiver room. I'm usually towards the bottom of the list. So like just doing little things like that was what, and being available was what um, kind of helped me separate myself and kind of make, let me earn my spot really. You were featured on the NFL Hard Knocks as an undrafted guy in the 2016, and and uh, you you got a lot of camera time, especially with what Todd Gurley, um, a, a great a great running back. You know what was that? What was that like being on the Hard Knocks and being a featured guy? That was um, that was kind of like a interesting process. Like there's cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like imagine like in the facilities, there's cameras in every meeting room. Um, like they're getting everything on film. Like you'd be talking on the sideline and a boom mic would drop down. So it was kind of awkward almost to adjust to. But, um, yeah, I mean, Hard Knocks was a big thing, and it was something that I kind of got a lot of recognition from afterwards, like even for like a year up to it. They're like, oh, aren't you that dude from Hard Knocks? <laughs> um, so it was, it, was, it was a cool experience um, looking back on it. Okay, are, are we to believe then that, that everything we see is just the normal everyday back and forth or, or were there things that maybe you were asked to do at different times to maybe add to the no, drama show? No, definitely, yeah. They, I mean, they, there's, they, what you'll see is, like, there's certain guys that know the cameras around and they'll <laughs> kind of, you know, fire up for it. And then the, the producers or whoever does it kind of pieces different things in different orders to make it seem like different stories are playing out. Okay. Well, that's not necessarily, you know, they got to make a little drama for TV. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's they, they keep it accurate, but. There is a little bit of embellishing in, in some parts. Nelson, was it was the NFL what what you thought it would be? You know, obviously you grown up an athlete and had a great career here at CU, and then you know you you get to the NFL and you know it's, obviously it's the highest level. Did it was it like 
up to your expectation? Um, yeah, I think I think the game, like the actual on the field stuff, it wasn't it wasn't too much of a jump actually. It's just more seeing the business side of things, and um, you know, unfortunately, I've kind of seen the negative side of that as far as. I mean, I was released four different times, and the numbers are so limited on a 53-man roster, and then you got the 10 practice squad spots. So you see so many, like, talented guys that you think should be playing that they're just sitting on the couch at home. That's why, you know, I think what the XFL is doing is cool um, to give us opportunities. But it's just it's cutthroat. It really is. And you hear about it, but until you get to experience it, it's um, – you know, it opens your eyes, definitely. Yeah, so you, you mentioned the XFL, and, and uh, you, you were selected in the third round of the XFL draft for the skill guys. You were also in the AAF, which ultimately uh, went, went belly up. So, so talk a little bit right. about you kind, of, kind of you chasing this dream of, of getting back to the NFL. How, how does that process, and, and kind of how do you view that? Yeah, I mean, that is my end goal is to kind of, um, you know, catapult from one of these leagues into the NFL. But at the same time, um, that, that's what I went in with the mindset of, you know, let me produce here and then get picked up to an NFL team. But right now I'm just enjoying playing football again. Like my last like, year and a half in the NFL, I was, you know, just bouncing around kind of just being a practice squad guy. Um, and, you know, now being like a featured part of an offense again and being able to be out there on the field and make plays, I'm enjoying it. Um, so I'm excited to get this XFL thing started and I'm really just focused on that and, you know, I think if, I, if I'm able to handle my business on the field and um, produce within this league, you know, hopefully I get another shot. But, you know, I'm kind of just glad to be back playing again, healthy. So. You know, everyone everyone has a uh, has a story about the first time that they were cut from a team. Do you remember the, the, right. the first time and what, kind of what that was like and what was going through your mind? Yeah, um, I kind of had the idea that it was coming. Um, it was my second – I was uh I just finished my second training camp at the Rams, um, and I had hurt myself again. My calf had I'd strained my calf again, um, and they had brought in a bunch of good receivers that the previous off season. So I kind of saw it coming. Yeah. Um, but it was like I don't know. That's the first time that I've ever been told like you know you're not you're not going to be on this team. Um, and then from there, it happened three more times with three different NFL teams. So I kind of became you know, familiar with the process, unfortunately, but sure. it's never easy, you know, being told that you're not, you're not one of the guys they want around, but um, that's, that's what I was talking about when it's kind of just, you know, part of that, that level. You know, you mentioned a while ago about being in a receiver room and, and maybe not being the most athletic guy in there, but there was something that set you apart Nelson. So as you approached it, realizing maybe maybe your forty time wasn't what some of the other guys were, your vertical leap wasn't what the other guys were, whatever it might be, what set you apart as a wide receiver, and how did you approach that? I think, um, especially th- throughout Colorado, just to, just the um, like consistency. I think that's a big thing for if you can get a good relationship with a quarterback and just be someone they can trust um, in the right place at the right time. Know know that you're not going to mess up any plays. Um, that goes a long way, and I think um, that's my strength. You know, some teams focus a lot on like the big athletes that they can develop, but um, you know, I think there there is a need for that guy that the quarterback can just count on. Um, you know, in third and whatever to to be in the right place and move the chain for him. So um, that's I don't know. That's what I think I did well. Just consistent, come to work every day, I'm with the right mindset, and do whatever I can to help the team. Nelson, from a wide receiver standpoint, 
in in your opinion, what do you think is what do you think makes a great quarterback? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like I think the same thing that goes into being a good receiver, just consistency. I think if if you have a quarterback that can put together drives and you know is going to make the right decisions and right reads um, on a consistent basis, and that's big. You know, I mean, you know better than anyone. Turnovers will kill you, and yep. I think mm-hmm. a quarterback that can. Um, you know, be secure with the ball, but at the same time, you you do have to take chances when the when they present themselves. So, um, I don't know. I think a lot goes into it. I think obviously more than any other position, the mental side of the game is huge. Um, just you know, being able to react to coverages because I've dealt with many quarterbacks routes on air where you're like, oh, this guy's the truth. Here's the <laughs> right. Arm. But you, you get into a game time, you get into a game time situation, and they can't even call a play in the huddle. So, yeah. um, I mean, the quarterback position to me is. You know, I'm really, you know, just impressed by the guys that do it at that high level. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I think. You know, you were talking about having a great relationship with a quarterback, and you did here at CU with Seth Alufa. Here, here's right. here's the pressing question, uh, Nelson, that needs to be asked, uh, because the there, there are stories that are legendary about you battling Sefo in FIFA on Xbox. So how did you main, <laughs> how did you maintain a good relationship and yet have that adversarial relationship when it came to Xbox? Yeah, <laughs> we, we that Xbox is kind of a point of contention a lot in the locker room. But yeah, FIFA <laughs> would probably get the most heated. He he would come over sometimes, and I think honestly, I got to be truthful now. Uh, he probably got the best of me more times than I got the best of him. But the truth finally uh, I mean, has come out. That's, that's just the fun part. Like it's always good to do stuff outside of football, you know, with teammates. Um, that just kind of eases the tension. But it's it's at the same time it's also competitive, so it's fun. Hey, what team did you play with on FIFA? Uh, my go-to was Real Madrid at uh-huh. the time because Cristiano Ronaldo was my guy. I got kind of <laughs> got a lot of heat for it just because they're they're loaded. But uh, I, I, I might need to pick up the sticks again. I haven't played FIFA in a minute. Uh, outstanding. Hey, uh, you know your, your timing in life wasn't the best, Jeff. You could have hung around for one more year. They had a heck. You know, Seth on uh, those guys had a heck of a huh. year in 2016 without you. I know that one. Like it was so bittersweet for me because we had, I mean, from the point that I got to Colorado to when I left, was like unbelievable how much how far the program had came. And my senior year, I think we won four games, but we were at the point where we were competitive in every game. And then, mm-hmm. like we, you could tell we were just at that tipping point. Um, and then obviously the year I leave, you know, they they win the Pac-12 South. I think ended up winning what ten. Yeah. Ten games was it? Yep, ten games. We're a top and ten like, team. I was so I was so happy, you know, to see like see see them do that. But at the same time, I was like, God, like, could I just have one more year? Felt <laughs> felt what it's like to win and go to a bowl game, you know. Nelson, do you follow the Buffs now? Do you uh, keep up with with the squad and and uh, you know with the current players? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of I talk about it with some of my teammates from the day. It's like it's, it's a little weird now, not weird, but just kind of just uh, unusual now that, like, I go back and I, I went back to the Nebraska game and I was there two weeks ago for the Stanford game, and I really only know, like, a handful of guys. Like, Montez is there when I was there. Yep. Um, but, I, you know, I watch every week. I'm following, um, you know, I know LaVisca and um, KD, just, coach, just through Coach Chev. Uh, so, I mean, I keep up with it, like, I'll always, you know, remember my days at CU, and I, I just feel like I have really strong ties there. It's amazing how uh, you get old quick, isn't it, Nelson? Right. I was just thinking about it. Like, 
all the cli- all the cliches that you hear when you're a player started coming true from like the ex players that come and talk to you. <laughs> and now I'm sitting back like, God, those guys are right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we we've got a uh, we've got senior night coming out uh, this uh, this Saturday night. Do you do you remember your uh, do you remember your last game at Folsom and 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 all that went into the senior night and and all the, all yeah. those emotions? Of course, yeah. We um, we were playing USC night game at home, and uh, yeah, I remember running out. I had my family down there, my my uh, mom and dad, and my grandfather got to come out with me, and I knew it was emotional because my dad was crying, and he never cries. Wow. So, wow. Um, I mean, that was a special night. Um, I still got the picture of it. I gave a framed picture of it to my um, grandpa for his birthday. So um, that was an awesome night. Nelson, do you remember how you ended up at CU, the the recruitment process, and how uh, eventually you became a Buffalo? Yeah, that was the recruiting process for me was, I mean, I've kind of been under the radar my whole career, I feel like. So um, I wasn't really heavily recruited. And being from L.A., the L.A. area, I wanted to play in the Pac-12, stay on the West Coast. Um, and just the offers weren't coming. Uh, I was like talking to them and and uh, getting close to certain schools like UCLA, Stanford, maybe, but no, no offers. Um, and then the year I was coming out of high school was the year that uh, Colorado and Utah were joining the Pac-12. But I didn't know anything about Colorado, like Big Twelve. Um, but right when they hired uh, John Embry, they gave me an offer, and the, the pro- it was getting late in the process. So I committed. I hadn't even taken a trip or anything, um, and then took my first trip to Boulder and like was so happy I made that decision. Um, and obviously, ended up having like a good, an awesome career. Um, so, it, like looking back on it, um, I didn't really know like how the how the process was going to shake out, but um, I couldn't have been happier with the way it turned out. So, are go back? So, did you did you say you committed before you before you took a visit to Boulder? Yeah. Because, like I said, it was getting late in the process. And, hmm. like, the schools, I did have some uh, offers from some Mountain West schools. And then I was calling them up, trying to set up some visits. And they're like, uh, yeah, we already committed a few receivers. Like, we're out of spots. So I was – it was kind of just like a last-minute thing, honestly, committing to Colorado, uh, which is funny to look back on because it feels like it was so, like, planned. And, um, like, everything went so well for me when I was there. But – yeah, I hadn't even taken a trip, and then, like I said, when I first got out there, I fell in love with it, and now I try to get back whenever I can. You must be a fan of going on blind dates, apparently, after that story, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, it usually turns out pretty good for me. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Hey, what, what's your favorite memory of playing with the Buffaloes? And, and again, you, you went through some lean years, obviously, when you first got here. Yeah. But what, what, what's a favorite memory that stands out for you? favorite memory well my favorite game was um my senior year last time we played colorado state um i think the previous three years i was one and two against them so um we were playing them obviously at the Broncos stadium and uh, it was a close game like it always is it went to overtime and ended up winning um so like at least that way i could i could go out and see you knowing that i beat colorado state for the last time mm. Man, I tell you what, man, it, it it just seems like you just have just a just a great you know a great story and like how you how you got to see you and and you uh, had a great career and, you, and you're still playing. Man, did you did you walk in here to in into Boulder like with a with a chip on your shoulder? Did you feel like hey, listen, I got to go in there and prove to these guys that I'm really worth this scholarship and and I can play right. in the pack and I you know I can get the job done. Yeah, 
Yeah, to a certain extent, but at the same time, I kind of like you. I I didn't really realize like how young and just like not young, obviously age wise, but just like immature I was going into going into college. You're like what a 17, 18 year old kid, and I don't know if I had really developed that mindset. And I was kind of I ended up redshirting and just I wasn't like an early bloomer necessarily. And then my fresh redshirt freshman year, I ended up getting thrown in the act because of uh, some injuries with some guys ahead of us. And that's when I kind of developed that mindset. Um, just kind of when I got to get into the action and I realized like, okay, I belong here. Um, you know, Colorado was kind of an underdog in the Pac-12 at the time. And, um, so yeah, it just kind of grew as throughout the years going into my junior and senior year, I kind of did ended up developing that shit that you're talking about. You know, during your time here, we talk about the 2016 team that, that you were part of the building of that process that led up to a 10 yeah. season, even though you weren't here. Now, there were great players. Sefa was there. You were there, obviously. Cheeto and, and Tedrick and, and go, you know, Akello. So there's some great, talented guys there. But what, what did you learn about the development of a team and building towards success that ultimately happened the year after left here? What, what did you learn about that process and what it takes internally amongst that roster of guys? Right. Um, that's just, I mean, the week-to-week and just keeping everything, like, solidified and unified within the team. Like, it's... My, like, early years, especially when we were kind of getting blown out week to week, honestly, it would just have been really easy to, like, fold. And it's just, you know, after you suffer, like, a 30-point loss, like, coming to work and going to practice the next week, you're like, all right, is this worth it? But, like, honestly, especially, um, like, my junior and senior year, guys were just coming to work every week, and you could see that pay off when I left. But, um, I don't know, no one ever folded, and that was just something I was proud of. Hmm. Um, you know, there's many, many opportunities that guys could have just laid down and given up, you know, through the tough years. But I think that building week after week is kind of what ended up paying off in the end. What do you, what do you see, uh, what the, you follow the team and what do you see with this, with this current, uh, buff team? You know, you, you watch them, you know, yeah. week in and week out, you know, what are some of the takeaways you have? I, I like the offense. Obviously I focus on the receivers. Um, yeah. I think the talent is definitely there. Um, you know, and then I just think a lot of it obviously is centered around Montez, and I think his upside is really high. He's got all the talent, um, and when he's consistent, I think that's obviously when we're playing our best. Um, and then from a defensive standpoint, I like I like the talent that we got on defense too. It's just I think the margin of error is so small in the Pac-12 that um, you know just like little things week to week is what decides a win and a loss. Um, so yeah, I think. Just being detail-oriented and focused on that is what's going to be important going forward. You know, Nelson, when you look at this program, though, you've, you've been here and, and saw it being built a little bit. Now Mel's come in and laying his culture on this program. You know what the facilities are like now. Th- right. This this program, the potential that lays here, uh, and, and I right. think the opportunity is, is really off the charts, don't you think? Uh, 100%. Like, from where it was when I first got there to where it is now is just night and day, like, Especially the job that Rick George has done, I love I love Rick. Um, and, you know, you can tell he's 100 percent invested. I mean, you know, seeing the impact that Coach Tucker has. I was in that locker room after the Stanford game, and Coach Tucker's in there dancing, <laughs> and everyone's going crazy. So, um, you know, and we didn't have we were we were in Dow Ward time, and like the the Champion Center compared to Dow Ward, it's I mean you can't even compare the two. So, um, I think the resources are there. I think the history is there too. You know. Colorado's got a really, um, you know, proud tradition there. And, uh, you know, I think with Coach Tucker leading in and Rick George staying in there, 
um, you know, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. By the way, do you, do you want to play uh, Simon Cowell right now and to give a, an assessment of Mel's dancing? <laughs> yeah, you could just join everyone else, man. You know, I got a lot of texts, a lot of a lot of DMs after that. <laughs> I'm prob- I have no rhythm. I'm not a dancer, so All right. All right. hats off to Coach Tucker. That's a good political response right there. <laughs> you know how it is, man. You're in the locker room. Everybody's celebrating their dance. And they're like, all right, come on, Coach. You know, what are you supposed to do? You got to get in there and try to give them a little something, you know? <laughs> Hey, if, if we uh, – when Mel and I call again 10 years to, to have you on the podcast once again, well, what do you think Nelson Spruce is going to be doing in life at that point in time? Uh, that's something I've had to think about, obviously, these past couple of years, just being in and out of football. Um, but I have been doing – my family's involved, like we were talking about earlier, um, the nutrition and this performance industry. So I've been doing a little bit of work here and there, just kind of seeing what aspects of that interests me. Uh, I'll, tra- I'll transition into that at some point. It's – it's centered around sports. It's centered around performance. So, um, you know, helping athletes get better at what they do. So I think that's where, where I'll be in, in one fashion or another. You know, Nelson, I've had some discussions with with some of our seniors, you know, in terms of, you know, transitioning out, you know, after uh, after the season is over. And, you know, we've got, got some – you know, obviously we've got some guys that are going to get drafted. We've got some guys that are probably going to be on the bubble and, quite frankly, are, are right. going to be undrafted guys, you know, some make-it guys hoping to get a contract. What would be uh, what would be some advice you would give to some of those uh, those those make it guys? You know, those guys are undrafted free agents trying to make a squad. You know, trying to get ready for the combine. You know that whole mindset. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of a tough tough situation to explain because it's because you do. I mean, you have to you have to be all in when it comes to a sport like football. Like you can't kind of be thinking about anything else and dealing with distractions. So right, you don't want to be thinking about life after football. And then um, understand that, like, if this is what you want to do, and by the time you walk out of it, you you want to leave with no regret. So dive in. Um, you know, any any little chance you can to separate yourself and just learn from people, take in resources. That's the key. I mean, it's so limited. Like I was saying, like those cliches start coming into play. Like yep. the opportunities are so limited at the next level, and you never know when your last game is going to be. So. Um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, if I'm done playing football after this XFL or however it shakes out, um, you know, I just want to be able to look back and say, like, I, I was all in and I wasn't, um, you know, distracted by anything else. You know, Nelson, you've been with the Rams, you've been with the Chargers, you're with the uh, the XFL team in Los Angeles. Uh, you right. did you venture down to San Diego there in the AAF. Uh, you know, there is opportunity to play outside the state of California if you want to continue this, too. <laughs> I know they want to keep me home for some reason. But <laughs> I've bounced around in uh, where it was it? Chicago and Kansas City. Um, Chicago was cool. Kansas City wasn't my favorite, honestly. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of glad to be back in LA. <laughs> who, who do you stay in contact with? Your your teammates from here at CU. Who are guys that uh, still to this day you can just pick the phone up and drop them a line? Oh, uh, well, uh, one guy on your staff coach is Dee Dee Gibson. Uh, yep. He was, one of, he was one of the receivers with me. And then uh, Tyler McCulloch, who actually is now interning with the basketball team. Yeah. Uh, Will Oliver I talked to, um, our kicker a bunch. Um, a few of like the younger receivers that were there when I was there, like Bryce, Bobo, Shadefield, um, Devin Ross. I'll keep in touch with them from time to time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see kind of like what, what guys you stay in touch with as you move on. But um, I'm so close with a, a good handful of them. 
What does it what does it mean as a former buff, you know, former player to be able to, you know, to know that you're welcome, you know, back here and be able to be in the locker room after a game and things like that? I mean right. you know, what what's that mean to you? That's huge, especially like going through what I'm going through now and not you know, I haven't had the most job security in the world. Like I've been bouncing from team to team and it's kind of been a like I've been I've been on a football team since I was seven years old and now you know, that I've been bouncing around from place to place. It's cool to have a place to go back to where I can, you know, feel kind of part of a team again. Like the first time I was out there for the Nebraska game, I got to meet you, and that was one of the first things you told me, was you're always welcome back. And it's good to be – I think every bus game I've been to this year we won. I went to Nebraska, ASU, and uh, <laughs> this last Stanford one. So, yo, um, it's, hey. good, it's good to be back there and be in the locker room after those wins. Hey, you need to get you need to get in here Saturday night, man. <laughs> Eight o'clock, man. We get you in here. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, what, Tate? Tell us a little. Bit, yeah, tell us a little about this, this XFL thing and moving forward, what what that looks like. I mean, we all remember what the XFL was in its first yeah. incarnation. What what's different about this? What what makes you excited about it? I'm excited about it. They got a good plan in place. Um, I, I got to meet with our president here in LA, the president of our team, and our head coach, and. Um, I mean, yeah, the XFL was what it was in the early 2000s, but they were trying to make it pretty clear that this one's going to be like a legitimate league, um, not not really gimmicky like it used to be. Um, and they got like a real a real plan going forward, which is that Alliance League obviously folded. And coming from that and going into this, I think they got a better kind of blueprint of what they want to do and how they want to execute. Um, and there's a lot of good talent. Uh, a lot of guys from the Alliance League got carried over into this. A lot of guys that are kind of on the bubble in the NFL that just got cut um, or doing this. So um, it's just another opportunity to play for, you know, guys that are either trying to make it or still have the game. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Is, is, uh, are you looking at this as, you know, making a career in the XFL or using the XFL to get back into the NFL? That's a good question because um, I definitely like last year doing that Alliance thing. I thought it was going to be kind of a, the springboard to get back into the NFL. Right. Um, like 50 guys, I think, got picked up on the NFL, NFL roster from there. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of taking it kind of like one year at a time right now. Like, yep. it, I had a lot of fun playing in that Alliance League just because, like I was saying, I was, you know, when you're when you're a guy on practice squad, you kind of just feel like a body out there. Um, and, you know, there is like kind of a hierarchy of guys that get opportunities at that level. So um, I'm, I'm kind of just looking forward to this year right now, and um, I'm getting kind of close to my teammates, my quarterbacks, and just kind of being part of a team again. So we'll, we'll see how it how it all shakes out. Well, Nelson, it's great to catch up with you. He's the all-time leader in receptions and yards and touchdowns of virtually any uh, receiving yard here at the University of Colorado. And uh, as long as you keep coming back and the Buffs keep winning when you're here, you're welcome back anytime, all right? <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Hey, man, best, best of luck to you, man. Anything we can do for you, man, uh, just let us know, man. We're, we're really pulling for you, brother. All right, Coach, I appreciate it. Handle business against Washington. You got it. There he is, the old time leading receiver here in Colorado history, Nelson Spruce. I, like I told you off the top, I, I knew you'd like him because he's your kind of player. Yeah, man, I, I just love hearing his story and – and the, you know that he's still he's still playing. You know, and you can just you can just feel and just feel his passion for the game of football. He's gonna play as long as he can. Yep. And I tell guys all the time. I say, you know, you make you know, get your degree, and uh, you know, make sure you got that. 
But football is a great game, man. Play as long as you can. Yeah, he was a great one here at the University of Colorado. Nelson Spruce, now in the XFL here on Mel Tucker's Inside Zone. This weekend, the Buffaloes back in it after a bye week. The Washington Huskies, another late one. It's an 8 o'clock game on Saturday night. Gary and I are going to hit the air at 6 o'clock with uh, the Buffalo Stampede pregame show. Coach, good luck on Saturday. Yeah, let's go, brother. That's a head coach, Mel Tucker. I'm voice to the boss, Mark Johnson. Thanks for joining us this week on Mel Tucker's Inside Zone. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.